Hi there and welcome everybody to the live Wednesday bulletin. It feels like it's been a while since I've said that one, but it's glad to be back. Um, today I'm joined by Andy. How are you doing today, Andy? Very well indeed. Um, <clears throat> cold and flu symptoms aside, um, same as everybody else in, in Scotland by the looks of it. Um, absolutely fine. Glad to be on. Yes, it's one of the signs and symptoms of, a, of an old firm flu, isn't it? The day after is, is having a pretty hoarse voice. Um, and I'm joined by Scott. How are you doing today, Scott? Very good, mate. I'm pleased that you let me know it's Wednesday because I'm still <laughs> suffer, still suffering with this uh, what day is it sort of thing. Um, you know, the whole Christmas and New Year, you're not really too sure what day it is, you know. So I'm pleased that you've uh, told me I'm halfway through the week. <laughs> Uh, well, that's it. I think, as like everybody else, I've just been marking it from how many days away the old firm has been or, or how long it's gone now. But uh, there we go. On today's show, as always, we've got loads and loads to talk about. And just in reference to everybody in the comments there, we will be talking about uh, the old firm game on uh, Monday there. Um, discuss some individual performances from the, from the guys. Um, maybe seen a wee bit of this on Twitter. Is it maybe time to have a discussion about, about Tav and... Uh, maybe not saying drop him completely, but I think there's certainly a discussion to be had around around giving him a wee rest every now and again, especially with Divine in there. Um, a lot of criticism of the substitutions, which is maybe something we never covered on the immediate post-match reaction. We're going to get into some transfer news, seeing as it is January. We've got the Kent and Morelos situation and how that's kind of changed. Um, I'd maybe like to do a wee sort of, Bill did say that it was it was five games we'd want to judge the team after, maybe get a wee sort of five-game review with the guys as well, um, and some areas where we need to strengthen in January. But I'm going to come to you first, Scott Cameron, on this. Um, on this day in 1995, Rangers drew 1-1 with Celtic at home. There was no McCoy, no Haitley um, due to injury. But Ian Ferguson scored a goal uh, in this game. If I, I say if I remember, I can't remember the goal myself, but I, I watched it back and it was a, a, a sort of a box, a ball into the box from McCall. Charlie Miller sort of gets onto it, and 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 uh, it's a good finish by by Ian Ferguson. Um, it's title number seven and nine in a row, and uh, we won this season with a sixteen point gap over Motherwell, who finished in second place that year. Scott. Um, We've already discussed maybe not two great memories of that game, but you just want to talk about how wonderful Ian Ferguson was for two minutes. <laughs> I too, I mean, I've, I've got a, a rough uh, recollection of the game. I mean, you're missing McCoy and Hately, but we still had that was Brian Loudrop's first season. You know, you still had Gordon Jury, Peter Hustra, Charlie Miller still uh, playing in, in the middle of the park. Basil Bolly was actually playing. Uh, yeah. That was one of the few firms. Ian Ferguson was just. A, a proper Rangers player, you know. Rain, when he came to Rangers, he was a sort of box to box midfield player, but he he sort of had to tailor his role to allow your Gazas and your Loudrops uh, in latter stages to to do what they do, you know. But what yeah. would, what what I would I would love an Ian Ferguson in the middle of the the current Rangers team, you know, just somebody that knows what the club's about, but was a player. You know, I mean, he had this reputation as this hard man, but he, he was a he's good passer of the ball. He could get you goals, and he loved the uh, he loved uh, scoring against Celtic. I don't think he'd done it very often. He didn't score a lot of goals for Rangers, but Ian Ferguson was just a, a proper blue nose, and yeah. I think he's actually he's just above my head there uh, celebrating. Yeah. 
celebrating a, an old firm. Uh, I think it was '97 when Eric Bo Anderson scored the scored the two goals. So uh, Ian Ferguson, just a a proper a proper ranger and one of the one of one of my favourites over the years. Yeah, I think a lot of people will echo that sentiment there, Scott. Um, Andy, I'll come to you in this next one. You've got the this. <laughs> Some of these are always up and down. I always like to give the WTP72 uh, account out, um, give a wee shout out to them on, on Twitter. That's where I get these from. I love reading them every every morning when I get up. Um, on this day in 2007, Rangers and Paul Le Guin go their separate ways not long after Paul Le Guin dropped Barry Ferguson um, as Rangers captain. Um, I think we were actually, oddly enough, looking at a list of players that he'd signed um, today in, in the group chat, which was always a nice, wee interesting discussion. Papach being the only real success, there were was, was so many names in there I'd totally forgotten about, but um, not maybe not too dissimilar to Gio in terms of really poor domestically, but in Europe, outstanding. I think he was unbeaten. Your thoughts on Paul Glenn and his time as Rangers manager, please, Andy? I remember being very excited about the appointment. Um, I loved Alec McLeish. I really did. Alec McLeish gave us some smashing helicopter Sundays. Um, they were fan- he was a fantastic manager. I liked the teams, the way he set up. With him leaving and Le Guin coming in, it, it was, I thought it was a coup, a total coup. I thought, this guy, he's a Frenchman. They're on the ascendancy. He's going to be on the ascendancy. It was all mentioned how fit his teams were, how fit he was. It was in fact, was he not late to, to arrive because he was running some sort of Saharan Marathon or something like that. So I thought if he's fit, he's gonna he's gonna make a fit team. His signings I was very excited about Cl- Jeremy Clement, Philip Sebo, <clears throat> the least said about Philip the, the, the best probably, um, and Sasa Papach, but he went on to be a, a, a massive Rangers player, one of the fans' favourites, obviously. I often wondered um how risky he must have thought it was to to drop the captain to drop to drop Barry Ferguson and, and, and strip him of the captaincy. Turned out to be all right as a Rangers fan. Um, with that happening, him leaving, it brought back Ali and Waller, and the rest is history. Um, but without that, that, that probably wouldn't have happened. So, no, I was excited at the appointment. Didn't work out in any way, shape or form, and it got to the stage the sooner the better. Yeah, that's that exactly. And it's just, I think everybody knows once a manager's time's up, and it was it was just, as soon as you the news came out, that him and Ferguson were through, I think. I think um, you'll find that hard push to find Ranger supporters that would back Paul Gwen over Barry Ferguson. But uh, there you go. Right, we'll go into a wee sort of brief summary of of the old firm game on on, on Tuesday here. Um, we'll just cover the goals sort of quickly. Um, I know everybody watching, and, and I know you guys obviously both there and, and seen it. So first five minutes, Rangers concede a really really poor goal, slack pass from Morelos, picked up by Maeda. For me, I think the most criminal aspect of this goal was was Tav's effort to, to win the ball. I was going mental at the time. Um, Celtic could 1-0 up in the five minutes with an absolute gift of a goal. Um, there's a bit of a momentum swing around about 30 minutes. Um, after half-time, Rangers came out, all guns are blazing. Kent has an excellent finish for, from uh, from a, a run from Sakala. He found him. And then it's a, a, the penalty of all penalties. I've seen things online suggesting that <laughs> Sakala stamps on Starfelt, which is hilarious. Um, scores a goal there, um, Tav. And then a comedy errors, quite frankly, for their third goal round about the 87-minute mark. Um, I'll come to you first, Scott Cameron, on this. I'm just keen to get your overall thoughts in the game, how, how it went and, and how you thought Rangers performed um, in large parts of that game. I'll take you off mute there, Cammy. 
Aye, the first goal is just a shocker. Um, you know, Morelos plays that pass. How many times have we seen him play that that blind pass over to over to Tav on the on the far side? Doesn't he get any? Doesn't he get any lift on it? You know, so that's the first mistake. I think Lundstrom's a bit sloppy prior to that, um, and then Tav has to do better. You know, it's as, as simple. You can't sugarcoat it. It's very, very poor. I think he's half-hearted in the way that he the way that he goes in. Uh, Maida goes through, finishes it with a with a plumb. First for about 10, 15 minutes after that, I must confess, I was fearing uh I was fearing a doing. You know, at that point, I thought if they score again here, we, you know, everything's going through your head. You know what's happened in previous old firm games across the across the the park when they've scored two or three goals in the first 25 30 minutes and the game's out of, out of sight but they never as much as they were first to the ball they were moving the ball a bit a lot quicker we couldn't get we couldn't get a foothold in it at all as the half went on we came into it a, a bit more Morelos charges down Joe Hart you know because I think they are they're thinking at the back Starfelt is absolutely honking, and you can see why they've they've signed a centre half to replace him because he's stealing eleven as a centre half. To be honest with you, so we're pressing and and that sort of thing, and you get you get a couple of chances. Morelos has a couple of headers that he probably a fully fit and firing. Morelos probably sticks at least at least one of them away, but yeah, we come in at half time. And I think I'd said before the game, stay in the game for as long as possible. So you're, you're chatting to the boys round about you and you're going, the most important thing is we don't lose a goal here after straight after the break. And I thought for 15, 20 minutes after the break, I thought we were excellent. Two goals inside 10 minutes. Sakala does fantastic run across the park, picks out, uh, showed a bit of composure, which is something that he, he doesn't really have in his... And his locker picks out Ryan Kent. Ryan Kent, instead of sticking it into the Copeland rear, sticks it into the top corner. Fantastic. That's the Ryan Kent. And that's the sort of finish that um, we want to see more of from Ryan Kent. That's what he is capable of. You then obviously keep on going. Sakala wins the penalty. And a fantastic penalty from Tav. You know, I think that's at 2-1. Places bouncing, you know, you're, you're on the ascendancy. Lundstrom, I thought for for the period before he went off, I thought was excellent. I thought properly dominant. Back to the Lundstrom of the latter part of last season, I thought he was really, really good. And then obviously, the the rib injury that he's been carrying for a few weeks uh, caused them to caused them to go off. But at the game, I don't know about you guys. I was saying we need to get a third goal. We need to get a third goal. This lot always caused problems in the latter stages of games and what happened happened. So again, a terrible goal. But we could have put the game to bed when when Tillman had the, the opportunity. He just took an extra touch and then I think it was probably Carter Vickers has the has the block. But at that point you go three one, that's it. Game over for, for me, you know. Two one I think you're it's just it's 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 just too too tight, and then we we give another goal away, and very 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 frustrating. But I think two days after it, the frustration is still there. But 
we were competitive uh, for for long for long spells in that match, and I think there's nothing to fear going forward. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, um, I, I agree with that there in terms of I think it was Craig that said in the on the immediate post match reaction that he totally bought into the the media hype behind Celtic and and how good they they were they are, and I think it was down to us. I, I, a lot of people are saying that Celtic had an off day. I don't think it was. I think it was the fact that Bill changed it around thirty minutes that that resulted in them playing so poorly. Um, but Andy, I'd love to get your thoughts on, on the game as a whole, and then we'll maybe get into the specifics of uh, some some players. I feel exactly the same way. Scott Scott summed up my feelings pretty much to a T there. Um, I don't think he went quite as far as I shall with regards to the first <laughs> goal um, against us. Yeah. It was it was more than just annoying that to have done. That was that was absolutely shocking. That was a hundred percent his ball. <clears throat> now he's the Rangers captain. He's been here before countless times. He's been in the end of doings countless times um, from Celtic. Unfortunately, um, there's no there's no um, secret that Maeda is rapid. There is no secret in that. There is no secret that if Celtic get a foothold at the start of an old firm game or any game, really, um, they can go on and they can score three, four and five. You do not do that. Okay, it was a bad mistake from Morelos. These things happened that Tav could have dealt with. That should have been right into the Eastern closure where I was sitting. It happened all in front of me. It should have been into the Eastern closure. It could have been anywhere. Take him and the ball. Take the booking. He's a, he's a captain. Do what you have to do. Um, it was absolutely shocking and it's kind of testament to the season he's he's been having uh, thus far we'll get into Tav in a bit more depth shortly I'm quite sure but as for the rest of the game Scott uh, summed it up perfectly I was furious with Tillman as well just one touch too many if he just that wee, that wee fraction earlier lifts it over Joe Hart it's 3-1 the game's done um, we'll get into the substitutions <laughs> was he too conservative I think possibly I don't know um, you see it online that folk are saying Arfield rather than Sands who's to say that if Arfield comes on that they break throughs and with four, four attacking players, they, they break throughs and they get equaliser anyway. Bringing Sands on certainly gives Callum McGregor more space to start playing football. That obviously happened. Barisic sitting five yards too deep, playing Moy onside for the equalising goal. That is infuriating. But Scott is right as well. On the whole, um, I was happy with the way we competed because I'm very similar to Craig. I never caught... The, the post-match, Kyle, unfortunately, but from what you said there, I'm, I'm very similar to Craig. I bought into the hype. Um, I couldn't see um, any way of getting a result against Celtic, such was the way they'd been playing, or what I've been reading about and whatnot. Um, that didn't materialise, and that's that's good. I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, I'm quite happy Michael Beale's here. I'm quite happy with his tactics. We're in January. We can get some signings in. I hope he's as good as his word, that it's going to be signings that uh, affect the first team. If that is the case, then I am quite positive about the future. Yeah, I agree with you as well. I think, that, again, it highlighted the gap. It wasn't as big as what it, uh, what it's been made out to be. But um, look, Scott, I'll come to you. And this is a couple of players. There's five players I've, I've, I've written down that I'm really keen to get people's thoughts on. I think you know one because I always ask you uh, your opinion on this guy. And I, I try to get you to sway from it. But um, the first one I'm going to come to is, was a guy that Andy touched on there, was was Tillman. Okay, that, that chance did frustrate straight the life out of me, even seeing it back again in, in the highlights um, later on, in, on on Monday evening. I didn't realise quite how good a chance it actually was, but overall for me, I was surprised by Tillman um, in terms of his work rate. He won the ball uh, up the pitch quite an awful lot, and he, and he didn't seem to see that sort of 
that Berbatov demeanour that I talk about sometimes. He just seemed to be a lot more up for it and on it. What was your thoughts on Tillman in this game? I think it pretty much encap- encapsulates Tillman, to be honest with you. You know, he was pretty anonymous uh, for the majority of the first half, but comes into it comes into it far more after as a whole we came into it far more after the break but he has a he showed far more effort and application um i i was worried when i um i saw the team that he, i thought we could get overrun in the middle of the park as much as i wasn't wanting jack Kamara and lundstrom i thought we would have protected ourselves a bit more but I thought Tillman I think he's developing into a and I think the comment there he's got a long way to go but everything's there for him to be a to be a really good player for for Rangers on the assumption that we're going to that we're going to sign him uh, come the summer but I thought he contributed well you know I mean the, the game passed him and everybody else by in September when we we took a doing across there you know but I think certainly he's learned. He's learned from that, and I think he's learning every week in Scottish football. I mean, Scottish football isn't normal football, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? He's he's came from a an environment where you're it's played at a slightly slower tempo and and what have you. You know, but and I think um, I'm quite happy with Tillman, and I think he's he's going to have a big set. He's going to have a big role to play in us being successful in the second half of the season. Yeah, oh, 100%. Um, and Andy, the next player I'll come to who uh, I think I even posted in the group pre-game that Sakala was giving me the absolute fear when I saw his name in the team sheet. But he was, for once, I agreed with the sponsors man of the match um, in terms of he, he was the best player on that pitch in terms of output, desire. I thought some of his, his touches and his... When Beal did allude to in his post-match press conference, he, he tweaked the way that he was, he was running at, at them at forward. Um, how how do you think Sakala performed in that game? A hell of a lot better than I expected him to. Um, I can be quite sceptical when I see his name in the team sheet for the same reasons as everybody else. He seems to be, uh, just run about and sometimes the kind of composure's not there. Uh, I, may, I bumped into your very own Reese in the way to Ibrox on Monday <laughs> morning um, and he assured me it was going to be the fashion show. <laughs> but our Reese assures us that every game. Yeah. Um, so I, I took that with a pinch of salt and I wasn't overly confident. However, it turned out to be. Um, I was very impressed, second half particularly. Very impressed. His directness, his, his run for, for Ken's goal, I thought was fantastic. Um, I thought he had their left back on absolute toast for the whole of the second half. Everything good was coming down his side. I was more than happy with um, the way he played. I'll actually go one further. I think if they kept him there, it would have been a different result because that was the only kind of out ball we were having at that time, was him down that side. Um, and when we lost that, I think we lost a wee bit of our shape. Um, but no, very happy with it. And that's not often I say that because I'm quite sceptical of Ashton Sakala. Um, when it comes to the future... I think I would I would like to see a, a kind of front three of Kent, Kolak and Hadji. I'd like to see that materialise in the future, but I don't know if it will. Is Sakala good enough to stay there? Yes, he is. Um, you've also got to look at his numbers, Kyle. I think, did I read that mm-hmm. is it three goals, two assists and a penalty win in the last four games? Yeah. They number, their numbers speak for themselves. You don't, um, you don't drop somebody with their numbers, so he's not going to be dropped. I just hope he can keep it up. Yeah, totally agree with you there. He was he was outstanding yesterday, and I think that's that's the player we kind of all all hoped we would be seeing. And notice that nobody's mentioned that he's still raw, and it was a raw performance yesterday. That is something you know closer to the finished article. Um, 
Right, Scott Cameron, um, you know I'm going to ask you about it. I'm dying to hear what you've got to say about him and, and let us know in the comments because I think uh, this guy's a, a performance divided a lot of people's opinion. It was Alfredo Morelos. A couple of things I'm going to say about it. He did have that poor pass that, that led to their goal. I'm not blaming him entirely for it. I felt there was two chances that he should have scored, at least one of the two of them, um, right before the break. But to his credit... I don't think it was a coincidence that on the 30-minute mark, that instant you talked about before where he, where he applied the high press um, to Joe Hart, I think that's where we saw a, a bit of a, a mentality shift in, in the team. And, and OK, he didn't have the best game yesterday, but that, that's what Alfredo gets you sometimes, Scott. 100%. And you, you know my love for, <laughs> for Alfredo. Um, it just frustrates me that he is capable of far, far more. Um, I want him, if his Rangers career is, is coming towards its, uh, its its end, which it sadly looks as though that's going to be the case, I would like it to be a successful period. But he, I think there's obviously been an injury. I don't know how much training he's been doing, that sort of situation. He, we've spoke about his physical condition. His, physic, his physical, physical condition isn't what it needs to be. I mean, it's great that he starts the press there, but he can't maintain that. And that's why he gets taken off with 25 minutes to go because he's he's not at the... He's not at the, he's, the injury plus his physical condition. He's just not at that yeah. at that level. You know, I mean, I think Ross says in the chat, I don't, I mean, I, well, I don't think we'll ever... I don't think he'll ever, whether he stays at Rangers or leaves Rangers, he's, he's never going to reach the heights of that sort of Europa League run, scoring two goals in Feyenoord, and uh, that was, I would say, probably the peak of his the peak of his powers. But I don't think he was he was stinking by any stretch. He should have scored un, yeah. undoubtedly. I thought he got a hold of the. I thought between thirty and sixty minutes, when Rangers were at their probably at their best in the game, I think he contributed. Along with the other um, the other front players, you know, and I, I still think that we'll only truly realise what he brings when he's not there. And that this that this is not a defence of him, but I think he's fundamental to the way that we try to play. And it's going to take a wee bit of time for if Cholak is going to be the striker that he's going to need somebody closer to him. That could be Tillman. That could be Lawrence sort of thing. I think we've just been used to having Morelos as our, you know, lead the lead the line for, for so long, you know, and I think it, it's going to take a bit of uh, getting used to when he's not there, you know, but I, I think uh, sadly it is uh, coming towards its uh, natural end, but it can still end his Rangers career with a couple of, a couple of cups and a, a few goals and, and that sort of thing, you know, but I just, I would, I would love to see if I could speak I could speak his lingo. Yeah. I would love I would love five minutes with him just to actually he is not gonna he may leave Rangers and make a lot of money out of a Bosman move. He will not be idolized in the same way and he won't play at any club that even comes close to being as big as Rangers, you know, and he's twenty seven, you know. You know, that this is a, a, a big part of his career you know I mean I, I would I would love him to knuckle down but I, do, I don't think and I think from Michael Beale's comments I think he's pretty much uh, there's other players that are a priority signing rather than Alfredo unfortunately 
Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there, Scott. I think um, if somebody in the comments could Google Translate into Spanish, you won't make it up as a picture on my wall, Alfredo for Scott. Um, that should be reason enough for him to stay. But um, to be fair, though, I don't have him. But you know fine well, my wee boy, my wee boy, five <laughs> yeah. years old, has got a wall full yeah. of Alfredo. That's why he's not on my wall because the wee <laughs> man's got them off. <laughs> Quite right, quite right. Um, look, Andy, I'm going to come to you the next point here. It was a, as a wee comment Curry Muncher made. Uh, he said, Kyle, do you and the lads think that the subs um, was the first major mistake by Bio, or is it the players that came on? Wright and Sands have signed their P45 for me. Um, this was maybe something that we didn't cover in the post-match because I, I think, you know, at the time you kind of think, oh, that's sensible putting a defensive midfielder on, um, sensible putting Jack on. You know, well, I'll go through the subs. Lundstrom come off for Jack in 72 minutes. Morelos come off for Scott Wright in 80 minutes and Tillman come off for James Sands. Um, what's what's your thoughts on, on those substitutions and, and do you think that, that it was a mistake by Beal to put those personnel on? Well, yes, I think it, it was a mistake um, because we ended up uh, dropping two points. <clears throat> it was definitely two drops from a Rangers perspective in that situation. So, yes, I do think it was a mistake. But what else could they have really done? I'm with you on that, Kyle. Um, his options were the Lundstrom for Jack thing. Yeah, Jack for Lundstrom takes care of itself. We'll ignore that, if you like. Um, bringing right and Sands on. Focus saying it should have been Cholak or Roof and Arfield, which makes sense. It does make total sense. The best, uh, you hear it all the time, the best form of defence is attack. Now, that does make sense. But as I said earlier, there's nothing to say bringing them on that Celtic don't break throughs. And with four attacking players at the top of the pitch, the break is down and they score, they score as well. So I can understand why you've done it. But how many times have we seen it when we're one goal up, not only against Celtic, against so many teams, He's trying to sit in and it doesn't work. It invites pressure on you. And as Scott said earlier on, Celtic are renowned for pushing it to 90, 95 minutes and, and, and getting a goal. So that was a, a risk, but it was obviously one he thought was worth taking. What I will say, I don't like to, is when you look at the difference in the, the subs, they brought on three players who are definitely in the start of the living, Jack and Marcus, Jota and Abada. And we brought on Scott Wright and James Sands. Um, if there was anybody out there who still thought that the ring-fenced, if you like, five million for James Sands should still be used. I think that that's, that ship sadly sailed now. Um, I don't see that happening. Um, he's just He just doesn't seem to have it. He, was, he, he filled a hole in centre-half for us. Um, but when it comes to games like that, he's, he's just he's just no got it. But there's nothing else Michael Beale really could have done. What I didn't like, and it's the first thing I've kind of picked up on his, his post-match, and I like everything he's saying. He's saying the right things. And he's far more engaging than Van Bronckhurst ever was when it comes to interviews, be it before a game or after a game. I, I think anyway. Um, he said that had we been 2-1 down, he would have seen Roof or Cholak, but they weren't. They just weren't ready. That doesn't cut it for me, I'm afraid. If they're not ready, they shouldn't be in the bench then. Um, do you know what I mean by that? I understand yeah, yeah. if we're chasing the game 2-1, you find an attacker on. And a 70% fit attacker probably is more worthwhile than anything in that situation. But if they weren't ready for a game of such magnitude, which, take, I mean, if we don't win that game, which we never, the league is almost as good as done. I think we're, we're chasing shadows now. We, we need to try and make inroads into the nine points or out the goal difference as well. That's our job. But we had to win the game. So I understand that. 
But to make that statement and say that if it was this, then it, it, but they weren't quite ready. I don't, I don't buy into that. I was quite disappointed with that comment from Michael Beale. But um, the subs made, I can understand totally why you've done it. But I think it was the wrong decision. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in complete agreement with you there. I think hindsight's a wonderful thing, especially after an old firm game. But I, th- I think the one he got wrong for me was was putting Sands on for for Arfield. Um, I think we're seeing a few comments like that as well. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely putting them. Can I, I just jump in? And I, I think I'd said this in the, the chat over the last couple of days. I think we had retreated. Um, you know, I think the fitness is an issue. I think uh, I, I don't think we were able to maintain that sort of intensity for much longer. And we were getting deeper and deeper and deeper. I think if Stephen Davis is available, I think Stephen Davis is the substitution instead of James Sands. And I think he is far more experienced and far better on the ball and would have uh, would have helped massively um, with regard to that. But the, the issue with the bench, you know, no Hadji, no Lawrence, you know, no Stephen Davis. You know, yeah. I, I must, prior to the game, I don't pay a lot of attention. I was slightly surprised at their starting lineup, but your eyes were drawn to their bench and you thought if this game's sort of 50-50 going into the last 20-25 minutes, they're bringing on potentially a front three and and we're, we're bringing on, you know, what have we got, you know, sort of situation, you know, but it's, uh, it, it is what it is. Yeah, well, it is difficult when they're bringing £50 million players off the bench, to be fair. Um, so I'll, I'll take that point. Um, look, Scott Cameron, I'll come to you on this next point. I think it's a good, uh, seeing as we're around about the halfway mark, a good uh, opportunity to take stock. Um, I think Bill said when he when he first initially came in that he was going to judge the squad and see where he was at five games in. That is coming past, obviously. Um, just run through a quick sort of, have uh, we run through some of the stats in that? We've had a, a 3-2-1 over Hibs, a 3-2-1 over Aberdeen, a 1-0 win away at Ross County, 3-0 against Motherwell, and one of the weirdest games of my life, being a Rangers supporter, and the, the 2-2 game um, just there on Monday. We have scored 12, uh, 12 goals. We've had, I think, nine different goal scorers. We've had two goals from set plays in that time, one... Um, or say maybe it's three goals from set plays in that time. I think two tav, sorry, a tav penalty um, and the corner. Um, and yeah, we've conceded six goals in that time. What What's your thoughts on, on the way Michael Bean, uh, Michael Beale's been so far in terms of coming into Rangers? And, and it's a simple question. It's why we called the podcast this tonight. Is do you think we've seen an improvement under under Beal, um at Rangers? I think so. I think uh, when when he came in, I think we all looked at the five games. You know, in the ideal situation, you're looking for 15 points. But we had just came off a, a spell. We dropped points against Livingston, St Mirren and St Johnston. You know, so I he's, he's had a... I wouldn't say it's the new manager bounce, but there are positive signs. And I think more... I think he talks about he's only had, say, 20 sessions on the training field. We're now in a position, apart from the midweek away to Kilmarnock, where... There's going to be far more opportunity for him and his coaches to work with the with the team Monday to Friday, and that can only 
that that can only benefit the performances moving forward. I mean, goals for corners. I mean, my goodness, you know. I mean, that's uh, that actually looks as though they are. It's not just Tav running from one side to the other and swinging aimless crosses in. Borna back into the mix is is adding something. Just a bit of variety, um, you know. Yeah. Uh, Tillman's Tillman's nicked a couple at the at the front post. I think. What did you say? Nine different goal scorers. Nine different that, goal scorers. Which which is a huge positive. I think the the major negative is the goals conceded, and it's self inflicted. I don't think Rangers this season have conceded a goal where the guys beat five men and and stuck it in the the top corner. There's always Tav makes a mistake. They get the ball back, then Ryan Jack gives the ball away, and then it's it's the the goals on on Monday basically. Um, a lot of the problems can of get fixed overnight. I think the comment there with regard to the fitness, I think, is an issue. I think there's a huge confidence issue as well. I think there's a lot of the players are still um, still suffering for the sort of I don't know traumas probably the, the wrong word, but they've had a difficult start to the season. And I think some of them are. It's been proven they aren't. They aren't strong mentally, and that doesn't get fixed. Uh, that doesn't get fixed over overnight. But I think Michael Beale has has got a has got a got a turn. And I think we'll talk about obviously Ryan Kent. I think Ryan Kent's probably the the one who's is who's now coming to life again. And I think yeah. you can see there's a clear. Uh, close relationship between the two. I think Michael Beale has spoken about it. He's known the boy since he was he was 13, 14, you know, and I think Kent looks far happier. And that's um but I think I so far so far so good and there's there's positive signs. Get some players back, get some more um more time on the training field and sign a number six and a number eight by the thirty first of January. <laughs> so, you make it sound almost easy there, Scott. Um, Andy, I'll come to you next as well. How would you um, uh, mark Bill's report card? And, and I would never normally do this to a manager, but, but it was him that set the standards himself. Five games in, he said, we'd, I'd know where we are, know where we need to strengthen. Um, how, how would you mark his first five games as Rangers manager? Pass marks, very similar to Scott, given pass marks. Um, Manager selection is a right and a wrong answer. Um, Van Bronckhurst was the wrong answer. That that became clear, um, especially the three games prior to him leaving. Um, so far, so good, is what Scott said there a minute ago, and I couldn't agree more. It's so far, so good. Nine different goal scorers in the in their games is, is fantastic, and I couldn't agree more again with Scott. Six goals that we've conceded. It's just it's, it's silly mistakes. We have, to, we have to stop that. Now, we made silly mistakes under Gerard and Beale. Of course we did. But nowhere near as much. Um, I, I can't remember who said it. It came up at the bottom of my screen there. Somebody said that uh, Bill looks shocked at how unfit we are now from from when he left us. I, th- I think that's the case. We, we do look yeah. unfit. Um, Celtic just created so much space for themselves. I thought in the first half, a lot of that was to do with us being poor more than Celtic being good. I thought um, so that 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 needs addressed, and I'm sure he will address that. But I'll tell you, Kyle, he's he's so much more engaging. I find myself engaging with him more. He's he's more fluent, he's he's honest, he seems honest when, he, when he's talking, um, I did like his wee co- comment um, post-match the other day that we don't know and the media don't know who he fancies in that team yet, and, and we don't know, and that's the way that's the way it should be, he's got to use these players to, for the best of his, his ability, and that's that's what he's doing, he's now got a transfer window, 
Um, Scott says we're number six or number eight. I'd argue we need a goalkeeper as well. Um, we could also do with another couple of players coming in, but we'll, we'll get to that, I'm sure. But as it stands, I'm happy with the, with the start he's made. If somebody said to me the, the day he signed, you'll get 13 points on the 4th of January, I would probably have taken it. I would probably have taken it because I did, as yeah. I said before, like Craig, buy in to the the Celtic, the, the, the media, the Celtic really roll, roll over the top of us. Um, also, I will say that I'm not quite sure that we win the game against Hibs at Ibrox 3-2. And I'm positive we do not win the Aberdeen game 3-2 um, under Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. I'm, I'm quite sure of that. Um, so whether Bill's slowly making the mentality known that we to, to get back into the Rangers team, the, back into the Rangers way, it looks like it. So, yeah, pass mark so far. Um, but we've got a, a big month coming up and... Okay, the title looks as if it's maybe just out of our grasp. You never know. Um, you'll never surrender, but it does look a wee bit tricky. He's got a big four months to show that he's going to build a team for next season. That's it, exactly. He's had a good look at the squad. I think as well, you both alluded to it there. There was those comments coming in. That I, I think he's shocked at the, what's the word I'm looking for, regression of some of the players. I think he must have left, him and Gerard left that squad and, Pretty good Nick, I think. It, it was no surprise when he came in that he said that he felt that if maybe they carried on that season, that I don't know if they'd have got to the Europa League final, but if they felt confident that there was enough players left there to, to win the league outright. Um, but yes, I, I I agree. I think there has been small, maybe a wee couple of small things here and there, but uh, I think what Curry Muncher said, I think gave it an 8, 8.5 out of 10. I, I'll go with that. Um, and think that's a, a fair assessment of it. Um, it's almost like Curry Bunchers had a look at my um, agenda. I don't know if that's someday I know our, our group chat that's that's looking um, about what we're going to talk about next. But uh, it says here, okay, what do you and lads think about bringing in a player, um, not just to improve, but for the captain's position? I know people love Tav, but performance and attitude is so weak. So... What I was going to do, I'll come to you first on this, Scott Cameron. I, I have noticed that in a lot of Bill's post-match press conferences, as fantastic as they are, he hasn't given a lot of mention to guys like, although he did start Lowry against Motherwell, Charlie McCann is not a name I've heard mentioned. Leon King um, seems to be more into be put back into that promising role rather than being a starter. But the one that he has mentioned is is Adam Devine and he's mentioned that I think on two uh, occasions now after a game that Tav should be looking over his shoulder um, because uh, he out of the position Adam Devine on the left I, I thought he was was excellent for us and, and and yeah basically what do you think about this do you think the criticism on Tav's too harsh or do you think that he is having a poor season and it's time maybe not time to take him out the squad entirely but time to just say listen Need a rest for a couple of weeks and, and play him against one of the as as you call one of the jobber sides. I think he, I think he is having a, a poorer season. I think I don't even his his biggest fans would would argue that. You know, I think he set a very high he set a very high bar, and I think yeah, that then makes it all the more noticeable. I know he's he spoke about uh, all players play with niggles. I don't think he looks as uh, I don't think he looks as we, we talk about fitness. I don't know how much Tav's doing, how much he's done training wise this season because I think he looks whether that's a whether like whether it's an age thing 
whether it's just a case that he's getting older. He's been at Rangers for seven years now, has barely missed a game in those as those seven years. Is that just just catching up with him? I, I really, I really don't know. But you're you're in a situation where um, he's got two just two and a bit two and a bit left in his uh, in his contract. I think Adam Devine, if he doesn't. I think he should be starting. Uh, I'll say St Johnston in the in the Scottish Cup in a in a couple of weeks' time. I think there's an ideal opportunity to. I think we play Kilmarnock on the Wednesday night prior to going to St Johnston on the Saturday. So Tav's going to be you're going to be asking Tav to play three games inside inside a week. So there's an opportunity to give Adam Devine the opportunity. At right back, Connor Golson's still going to be inside him as as the experience. Um, so you know, I mean, Tav's been a fantastic player for. I don't think anybody would. I think across he's he's improved every season since he signed, and I think he's given us far more than any of us could ever have imagined when he signed for Wigan for two hundred thousand pounds. Him and Martin Waghorn sort of thing. You know, I mean, it's. It, it, Seven years, you know, fair fair play to him. You know, I just um, I'm not writing him off, but I think he's got a job on, um, and I'm not just saying he's got a job on for Adam Devine. We, we could we could be looking. Um, you're t- we're talk about succession planning and that sort of situation. I think, yeah, I think his position is he an untouchable now? Mm, I I don't think he's. Whether he's a captain or whether he's a captain or not, his performances in the first half of the season haven't been at the standard that they need to be, and he's making a lot of silly mistakes. Fair play that he took one for the team, the header at the back post, and I think he's ended up with a ended up with a broken nose or something off the the back of it, and that's generally an area he's quite he's quite weak. But he then ten minutes later as 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 part of the part of the defence that loses a loses a terrible goal. So um I just hope that he, he the 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 one game a week between now and the end of the season helps him to get back to maybe not the same level but to a better standard of performance. Yeah. And Andy, your thoughts on, on the TAF situation in terms of uh, I think it would be harsh to say to to, to um Take him out of the squad completely for for Adam Devine, but I certainly think there's there's a, an opportunity to to rest him. I, 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 as Scott said, they're a guy that's <laughs> I can hardly think of any games he's not played in the last seven years, including you know friendlies and I think there was maybe a cup game last year. But other than that, um, he's he's played a lot of games for Rangers. I think it's I think it's time to start bleeding Devine in. Yep. Um... I, I don't think it is that I'm still furious about Monday, but it might be. Um, it's the, he's the, I can't stress enough that he's the, the, the Rangers captain and it's the first five minutes of an old firm game, which is a must win at nine points behind, and he doesn't just clear that player and ball. Um, and there's been so many mistakes, and I feel terrible saying it, but I think it might be time for Devine to get the rest of the season. Um, why not? He's young, he, he looks hungry, he looks good. I would play him, play him there with Tav as um, as backup from now till the end of the season. Um, that's not to, to to say that I don't I dislike Tav. The, the things he's done for Rangers and the, the games he's played for Rangers, the, the goals in the Europa League run will, will live with me forever. Um, 
but it's Rangers. It's um, there's no sentiment involved. You, you, you get time, but you don't get that much time, even if you are the captain. Now, I know we've just spoke about Paul Le Guin stripping Barry Ferguson of it. I don't want to have stripped to the captaincy, but I think just with the, the start of this season, um, his fitness and the amount of mistakes he's making, I think it's time for Devine to get the rest of the, the rest of the season. Now, he won't, he won't play every game, obviously, Devine, so there will be times that Taft can come in, but I would like to see Devine as, as, as Rangers' first choice right back for the foreseeable future. And and let's not forget that Tav's been through this before with Nathan Patterson. I think was it in the end was it maybe twenty twenty odd games that, that Patterson had. I don't think all those were were at right back, but there were certainly times where where um, maybe sixty minutes in a game he came off for for Patterson. So it's something he should be used to. And yeah, I, th- I think there's a there's too much of a conversation going on in social media and in our comments at the moment for, for that not to be the case. But I, I agree. I think his, port, his form has been quite poor. It's not been backed up with the goals, the assists like it normally is. Will Bill bring some of that back? We'll find out. But yeah, I can definitely see. Even, even the next game against Dundee United, I, I could possibly see um, Tav being, being uh, rested and Divine coming in because he, because he has been um, so well. Um, look, Andy, I'll stick with you on this next point as well. Um, it's this, it's, I know we've talked about it quite a few times, but you know, it's dead interesting, I think, the way that Beal's gone on it, the way the supporters have gone on it, but it's the it's the Kent and Alfie situation with, with their contracts. <laughs> We're obviously all aware that... Um, uh, that both of them can now sign pre-contracts with whoever they want. I, think, I can't remember exactly who it was, but uh, we there was a comment earlier on that saying, do you think that Kent's maybe doing the 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 same thing that Goldson was doing and running it down and I'll, I'll sign, a, sign a deal last minute? But um, what do you think in this? Because for, for me, it's it, it seems to me that Beal's quite keen on keeping Kent, but Morelos is a bit meh at the moment. Uh, I think I totally agree with you on that. Um, I think he is. He does want to keep Kent um, for obvious reasons. He's, we see, he seems to be getting the best out of Ryan Kent. What Ryan Kent done on Monday, we need Ryan Kent to do 15 times a season, possibly more, and we're, we're not getting that. Will we get it in future? I believe so. I believe we can. I believe he's still got it. Uh, when it comes to Morelos, I, I think that ship may have sailed, and I think we have a, a very worthy replacement in Cholak for him. I really, really do. Um, I, I don't know who it was I spoke to in the WhatsApp group. I think it was even before the, the old firm game on Monday there. And somebody, maybe even Gavin, um, he mentioned what I believe as well, that uh, Cholak's off-the-ball work and outside the, the, the box work gets seriously overlooked. And I, I do I do agree with that. I don't think he offers any less than Alfredo Morelos offers. So if I was to head in a vice and pick one of them, I would pick Ryan Kent. I don't know whether it's going to come down to that within Rangers. Obviously, there's a, a, a payment schedule there a wages schedule, so we'll need to come to some sort of agreement. But if there is a chance there to move Alfredo Morelos on and use some of the funds to keep Ryan Kent, that's a no-brainer for me. I think that is that will benefit Michael Beale, it will benefit Rangers in the long term as well. Um, it's very sad to see the back of Alfredo Morelos, but I think we are going to see the back of Alfredo Morelos soon. Yes, yeah, a, a sad day. I can, I can, I know. Do you want the tissues? Could somebody quick pass Scott Cameron the tissues someday? <laughs> but uh, it all happened, and I, I don't end you the task of having to tell your your wee lad that Scott. But um, look, I'll come to you in the next point. Um, it's just the the kind of final point of the podcast here. I'm sure we'll spend the next sort of ten minutes talking about it. But it's the transfer. Um, 
transfer rumours. I see lots of people suggesting people we should be linked with, lots of people saying who should be out the door. Um, but there's quite a... I thought Bill's comments post-match were really, really interesting here. Um, there was quite a lot of players. He mentioned Haji, Lawrence, Suter, Ridvan, Cholak, and... I've no, well, I do know why, because he was so good under him, but he mentions Roof every single time. He said that he's looking to add two or three more, um, talks about creating competition, talks about um, there being no point in, in bringing in players in the short term. I think this is maybe a, a, a sort of thinly, not a dig, but just a, a statement to the board to say, I don't want what we had last season in terms of bringing in Diallo, in terms of bringing in Ramsey in just to, to appease the fans. But um, he says we need players that are going to be playing for Rangers in the next two, three years. Um, and he, they, reassuringly, he seems to have got a few in mind. Where would you say that Rangers need to strengthen? I think the middle of the park. I think I've I've been on and on and on about it for a for a long time. Six a number six, um, a la Stephen Davis. But I'd I'd quite like a not just somebody that's a nice footballer, somebody that can get about the pitch. Um, even if they're flex, they're flexible. You know, it's like see players that can play as a six or an eight sort of thing. You know, but I think the middle of the park has has been badly needing investment. You know, I mean, who was the last the last player we we paid cash for in the middle of the park? You know, what I mean, somebody in the comments will probably uh, probably probably let me know Carlos Pena or Morris Edu or somebody like that. You know, it's but listen, we've had good good value out of a lot of the players, but I think some of them are just coming towards the end of their their time as starters uh, for Rangers. There are other positions that undoubtedly need to be improved the January window worries me slightly uh, in the regard that it's a very difficult month it's very difficult to to get what you get what you want it's interesting Michael Beale talks very well um, and I think he's very open and far more engaging and I think potentially maybe talks too much but that's just a, a, a that's just an aside. I'm interested to know who he's got his eyes on, you know. And I, I think uh, I would hope that when the negotiations for him to come back in November, I think conversations would have happened. I don't think on the first of January we've just suddenly decided. I think we should uh, we should sign some players, you know. So I would hope that that planning uh, that planning is in is in place. And but I think. Uh, I think for January, middle of the park. But see if see if we got to the thirty first of January and we hadn't signed anybody, I can only imagine what social media would be like. And I can only imagine I'm not putting my hand up to do the podcast on the thirty first of January if that is the case. But it needs to be a starter. It it has to be what Michael Beale is saying. You know, there isn't any point in just signing players for the sake of it. And Ross Wilson looking really chuffed with himself peering outside the front door AI Brox at, at, at midnight because we've wheeled out somebody that's not going to contribute. You know, I mean, it's uh, a name that's always linked is Billy Gilmer. Now, now, Billy Gilmer would fit the six or the eight. There is not a hope in hell of us signing Billy Gilmer after any loan. So there's no, there's no, there would not be no point if you could get Billy Gilmore and you could sign him for five million at the, with a 
an obligation to buy or an option to buy, I think he would probably be a decent addition. But we're not yeah. going to be able to afford. We're not going to be able to afford them. Uh, that's the that's the problem. But I'm I'm just interested to know. I'd love to see the list of, of names uh, that Michael Beale and, and Ross Wilson are working with at the moment, and we'll see what the uh, the next few weeks bring. Yeah, it'll be dead interesting. And and Andy, just your thoughts in on in any areas that do you think similar to Scott in terms of the areas that we need to highlight or uh, or improve in. Um, or, or have you got your own thoughts on that? No, I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with Scott in the middle of the park for me as well. It's going to sound like a cliche. It is a cliche, but having um, Lawrence, Roof, Hadji and Yilmaz coming back will be like four new signings. You know, that is a, that is a total cliche, but it is. And I'm genuinely excited to see Tom Lawrence back in the, in the squad as soon as possible for me. Um, I think we need a, a number six, as Scott calls it, a number eight as well. Um, or somebody that can do both, that would that would benefit. Unfortunately, I I, I love Glenn Kamara, I love John Lindstrom, I love Ryan Jack, but we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna win leagues over thirty eight games with, with these three as the main midfielders. We really need to strengthen there. I'd like to see some movement for a goalkeeper. Um, we spoke earlier on the the WhatsApp group whether or not Michael Beale sees John McLaughlin as the Rangers number one uh, next season. I don't think he does. I don't think he does. I think we're going to have to go and sign someone. Um, what I do like about Michael Beale's attitude is that we need to sign first-team starters to benefit the, the first team and no loans. You know, it's got to be somebody who'll be at Rangers for the next three seasons. Now, that's that may well turn out to be a soundbite. It might well be a soundbite, but I'm with, I'm with Scott. There is no way when they sat down in November or whenever it was to agree a deal for Michael Beale to come and manage Rangers that he's no had some sort of assurance. He's, he's a football man. Um he probably didn't keep as much of an eye on Rangers as we would like to believe. He probably had a, a wee look up here now and then. Yeah. Um, but he will he will know the ins and outs of the squad. He will know what, what's available and where it would need strengthening. So there's no way he signed that dotted line uh, with no assurances, in my opinion. So it's going to be a very interesting month. I'm a great believer in that no massive signings happen in January. I hope I'm wrong. Um I wouldn't like to be on the podcast, especially with Scott, the 31st of January, if we don't. So I'll just put my hands down for that one as well, Scott. So that's me and you out. Um, <laughs> so I don't know who's going to be on. We'll find somebody, I'm sure. Um, but I'm confident we'll hopefully get somebody in. But I don't imagine it will be big uh, squad changing signings. That that doesn't generally happen in January. You're looking for Michael Beale to use January to maybe get one in. And then from February to May to see what exactly what he's got to do in the summertime. That's what I'll be hoping for, and I'm quite sure it'll materialise. Yeah, that's it there. I, I, we ran a, I ran a um, poll on our Twitter here, uh, and we asked, you know, what what did you guys think um, on Twitter? Where should we prioritise in terms of our spending, in terms of our buying? Um, it, it was remarkable as I saw the. I think we got ended up getting about two and a half thousand votes, and at the end of the day, but as I saw it going up and up and up and up. I just I could not believe how <laughs> how steady um, it was, how how consistent the result was. We had fifteen um, percent said that we needed a, a number six and a goalkeeper. That was our our main priority. Um, we had twenty percent saying that right wing was the next top uh, priority. Um, but the vast majority of people um, on Twitter said fifty one percent said that a, a centre midfielder, a, a number eight, basically a replacement for. For, for Ryan Jack, um, which would maybe suggest that he might be out 
um, in the summer. Um, but this is the bit of the podcast that I know you two have been looking forward to the most is when I just chuck names at you and none of us really know uh, anything about them. But um, there's a few here. Um, I'll, I'll come to you first on this, Scott Cameron. I know you've already given your, your thoughts and maybe a couple of these guys, but the two in particular I'm going to pick out is Asmir Begovic, a goalkeeper, and the other one um, that's been certainly doing the rounds on on Twitter um, at the moment is uh, John Fleck um, with, with Sheffield United. What's your thoughts on, on those two guys? Uh, Asmir Begovic, I think um, I spoke about this in the, the Celtic preview. He's one of these goalkeepers that has had a decent career, has been a, hasn't really been a first-team keeper for the last three or four years, and is just basically picking up a wage and I don't think has got any aspirations to <clears throat> to be a number one. So I would hope that we are um, a number one should have came in last summer, but it has to happen this summer. Um, so at Begovic, not for me. I mean, you see today Jack Butlin linked with, with Man United. I mean, that's a guy that was in the England squad two or three years ago, and now he's going to be quite happy to go to Man United, probably his third choice because they bring Henderson back for, for Notts Forest. They've got De Gea, Henderson, Butland, you know. These guys are just quite happy picking up 15, 20 grand a week and no play. John Fleck, four, four or five years ago, without a, without a doubt, I think he's had a lot of injuries over the, the course of the last couple of seasons. 31 now, I think, um, isn't particularly mobile. A nice footballer on the ball, has had a good career. Uh, fair play to him, he ticks the Scottish box, but we don't really need another player that's going to be keeping certain players company in the in the treatment room for me, you know, so 31 years old, you know he's just a, he, you know I, I, it's a, I, I can see the link and I'm interested, it was Chris Boyd that put the link out there, you know I, I, I don't know, is it is it one of his mates sort of thing, you know I mean, I think uh, John, John Fleck wants to get up the roads to, to be with family, which is fair enough, but we aren't a retirement home. We need players at Rangers that are actually going to make us better. We talk about the middle of the park just now, no having any legs. You know, players that kind of get a bit about the pitch. This is where I think certain elements of the media, they need to think. You know, I mean, Chris Boyd will be the same one to tell you that there's, there's, there's no enough legs in the Rangers midfield. There's no enough goals in the Rangers midfield. There's no this, there's no that. Aye, but we'll sign John Fleck. We'll give him 25 grand a week. And he's not going to bring anything. He's not going to bring anything that we need. You know, I mean, I think Lowry would be better than Fleck. I think they're two totally different players at this stage in their career. John Fleck, when he was breaking through, was a sort of number 10 but he's obviously he's, as he's got older, he's 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 went back to be the the sort of number six, you know. But nah, not for me on both counts there, Kyle. Yeah, I'm in total agreement with you there, Scott. I think the the fact that's been Chris Boyd's mentioned his pal John Fleck. I think it's it's a bit of the jobs for the boys type scenario there. But um, yes, yeah, the only thing Fleck's got going for him is the fact that he would count towards our quota of the you know homegrown talent. Um, other than that. Can't see it. Um, Andy, these next two, I'm not expecting you to talk about the players here. It's just I'm a bit surprised that we've actually been linked with this as a position in terms of 
an area that we need to strengthen given the abundance of centre halves that we've got at the moment. Uh, the moment, sorry. Um, where's the comment? Here it was. Uh, this guy here, uh, RFC72, says a young centre-back from Antwerp we linked with. William Pacho is very good. And the other one I've seen doing the rounds was a guy called Dion Sanderson, who's an English um, 23-year-old. He's on loan at Birmingham at the, mo- at the moment from Wolves, a guy that Bill's seen clearly and maybe identified. Do you think centre-half's an area that we need to, to improve on? Not particularly. Um, I'm. I meant to say it earlier in the podcast. Actually, I'm. I'm quite happy to go into the rest of the season with Goldson and Davies. I really am. I thought they they, they work well together. Very impressed with Davies in, in Monday there. Um, Connor Goldson obviously does what Connor Goldson does. I'm quite happy with him. I don't think it's a massive area we need to strengthen in. Um, we don't know how long how long John Suter going to be out for. We don't know. Leon King, he was def, definitely making inroads. Is he back to the, the promising category now rather than a first-team starter? Um, we don't know. Hollander, will we ever see him again? Um, I don't think it's somewhere we need to strengthen. It's obviously somewhere the history over the last couple of years has, has taught us that we you have to have reinforcements there. I don't think strengthen is the correct word to, to use there. I don't see that being an area we have to strengthen. Um, it's always good to get reinforcements here but as for these boys that you just mentioned I couldn't tell you how good they are or, or would they be strengthening I've, 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 I've absolutely no clue I'll leave that to the younger boys that follow all these names about Europe uh, I certainly don't um, I don't think it's a massive area needing strengthened but we definitely need reinforcements there that's history's taught us that Yeah, totally agree with you there um, I, Yeah, I was surprised when I saw us getting linked with, with centre-halves especially the fact that we've signed Goldson in the summer they are signed uh, Davies sure. and Suter yeah, as well. So I just left their injury records. I'm just, um, I'm just not too sure um, about that. Um, look, Scott Cameron. The next um, couple of names that I, that I'll come on to you with. Um, again, don't know an awful lot about the guys. Uh, there's a guy here, Benny uh, Umkendi, I think you would say his name, who plays for Trofence. And uh, and the second league in, in Portugal, a guy that I've not heard of, um, and another guy called Luca Kerber, uh, who's German and plays in the German third division. The only thing that is filling me with any sort of positivity um, with either of these guys is that they've been linked with teams like Braga and 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 Brighton. Do, what do you think? Is this? Do we need to be wary of this now in terms of that agents are now going to be going? Let's just say that we're in talks with Brighton or, or, or Bragg or something like that and try and punt the value up, or are you encouraged the fact that, that Rangers are now being mentioned in, in amongst guys that potentially could be gotten for, you know, uh, very cheap and, and fall into that Brighton model now where they seem to be going for extraordinary fees? I think it's encouraging, but I think there is a danger that you you, you get suckered in um, and the club gets gets suckered in but you would hope that we are doing our uh, our scouting and doing our, doing our due diligence properly with regard to it um, you know I mean it's, at the end of the day there's names getting thrown about like right left and centre it's generally it's agents agents that are doing the agents that are doing the best for their doing their best for their sort of Sort of their client sort of thing, you know, just to try and get the best, uh, you know, feeding stories to the media and, and and that sort of situation, you know. So I don't know it again. I don't know anything on either player, but 
Um, you know, a, a link with Brighton on paper appears a appears a positive thing, but you know, it's it's all guesswork at the moment. You know, I think we, we would all like an early signing um, to to sort of. To, to sort of calm calm the jets of everybody a wee bit, you know. But I think uh, we we don't know because nothing really gets out of Rangers now, you know. So nobody nobody really knows if uh, any of these links are or are they just on a really long list of players and the, the agents know that and then they just they're they're putting it out there. I really don't know, Kyle. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there, um, and. Andy, I'm going to give you the, the the final word in terms of uh, in terms of tonight. Um, there was a comment uh, earlier on from Curry Munchar, and he was asking again. It is honestly like he's seen my agenda for this, but it's talking about some of the young players. Um, I know we alluded to it a wee bit earlier on in the podcast, but guys like Leon King, uh, Lowry, um, Divine, McCann. What what do you think of these guys? Do you think any of these guys will? Will feature in in, in in Bill's plans going forward, or, or do you think that these guys will now be seen as as backups if people get injured? I'd like to think he would use um, between now and the summertime to see exactly what these boys can do, because uh, that's what I would like to see happen. I would like to see Lowry and Devine and perhaps King and that get a, get a, get a wee run in the team, see what they can do, and and see then see where he has to buy in the summertime. Willie, I don't know, I don't know. Um, Lowry certainly, Devine certainly, King not so sure, um, but I am a great believer in in playing the young, playing the young ones there, seeing how they got on, and the only way to see how they got on is to put them in the first team and see how they got on. So that's that's his job between now and in May. Just to go back quickly to the transfer thing, um, I get I, I'm every other Rangers fan. I get excited when it gets to January and you know you need some players, you need strengthening here and there, and you look at these players and you're linked in the paper with this one and that one. I was incredibly excited about Rabi Matondo coming. It doesn't always work. You could always pay three, four million. It doesn't work. Look across the city at the goalkeeper they bought a couple of seasons ago. Five million they paid. Hopeless. Um, what matters is that the manager, and it has to be the manager, uh, I believe, goes and finds somebody in an area. He's got to strengthen in, and he picks the player and he goes and gets him and he fits that, that model. So that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, totally agree with you there. I think it's in, until they've... They've got that jersey on and they're, they're holding that scarf above their heads at Auckland Howie. It's, that's when it matters the most. So, um, look, it's been a really good pod. Um, again, there's, there's plenty to discuss there. I think we've, we've done a good job of, of getting into it. Thanks for, for joining us, Andy. Anytime. Pleasure. And thanks for joining us, Scott, as well. Thanks, guys. I've thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, it's just, it'll take me a, a wee while to get over the fact that I saw in the comments that Ross admitted to having an OnlyFans account, but um, I'll, I'll leave that for the bosses of the, of this as Ibrooks to... Doesn't surprise to, me, by the way. <laughs> to, to, to deal with, but um, look, um, for all those that, that didn't catch Monday's podcast, I just want to wish everybody that's viewing um, and watching out there a, a happy new year, and, and I think we all want <laughs> at least a couple of cups um, and, and hopefully we get that. Um, just remember, give us a like and subscribe anywhere you can um, or across all the all the usual socials. And our next pod will be, I think, the triumphant return of, of Scott Patterson on Friday night, um, Housewife's favourite. So make sure you're tuning into that one. I'm sure he'll be covering uh, the Dundee United game. But as always, thanks for watching. Um, take care, everybody. And uh, if I can find this outro video here... 
We'll see you again soon. Okay.